Welcome, everybody, to the Lug Nuts and Beer podcast. I'm Tom Crilly, joined by my co-host all the way in North Carolina, Mr. Dylan Flickinger. I am back from Talladega, the land of fast cars, rowdy rednecks, and cold beer. And let me tell you, that race was a doozy. How's it going over there, buddy? Oh, man, it's going well. I can't wait to hear about your experience, man. I feel like, whew, I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit over here to get this thing recorded and hear about your experience. You and I haven't even talked about it, so everything you're no. about to say is new new to me as well. Yeah, well, and we're actually recording this podcast a lot later this week than usual. I mean, usually we're doing it on Sunday night or Monday night, but with all the traveling I had to do just to get back and the kind of delays that we had, it's already Wednesday night here, so we're already midweek recording this thing. We are. That's okay. That's okay. I've, I've had a chance to let things settle in from the weekend, digest it all, and we are about to spit some hot fire, my friend. Yes. Yes, we have a lot to talk about, about the first race at Talladega this year. Uh, but first, what are you drinking? I am drinking in honor of this week. I'm drinking a, a nice Miller Lite, my man. Uh, <laughs> nothing nothing fancy this week. I, I had Brad, Brad in mind when I cracked this bad boy open. So That not... is so fitting. Miller Lite. I mean, oh, yeah. that's 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 the Talladega winner sponsor. So I right. I like it. That's a good choice. Thank you, thank you. I don't want to talk about beer though, man. Not too long. Let's talk yeah. about some racing. But first, what are you drinking too? Man, I just went with uh, Goose Island IPA. Uh, I I really like Goose Island. I found it at uh, I went to the Columbus Beer Festival in August of 2013 with a couple of my buddies and. Let me tell you, that was a night, first of all. I think I ended up in a pile of bushes that night, if I recall correctly. <laughs> was uh, this several but, years ago? Yeah, this was August 2013. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, man. I remember you calling me the next day and telling me about <laughs> that day. Oh, well, here, that here's the thing. Like, when you go to these beer festivals, you get, like, tokens for, for beer. So you pay a certain amount to get in, and you have all these beer vendors from all over that are there. And you get like these cups of beer. I don't think they're like the giant normal size cups, but you have like 20 to 25 tokens or something like that. And you're just trying all these beers. So it's just a, it's an experience, but the it was worth it because the one beer that I found where I kind of like did a double take and I'm like, wait, that's actually really good was Goose Island. So I've kind of been a fan of their beer ever since. Nice. Cool. We, we could get into the stories of that night, but honestly, we don't have enough minutes in the day to talk about that one. So That's right. We got to get into the stories of Talladega, my friend. <laughs> yes, we do. So, well, first of all, what what did as a, a spectator at home, what did you think of the race? Oh, because here, here's here's the thing. The view that you got of that race and the view that I got of that race being there are very, very different. So I'm interested to see your thoughts compared to mine. Um, my thought is that was wild. Um, <laughs> well, it matches mine then. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that that's just my initial reaction. And as my, as the race went on, obviously, especially towards we got, um, towards the end of it, it just, my jaw was dropping as, as I watched it. And I was yelling at the TV and cringing and, uh, yeah. Just wild is the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, 
for me, that was my first race at Talladega, and it, it really had like a larger-than-life feel. You know, I've been to a lot of races, and I've been to a lot of really great races that are must-sees, but for some reason, there was just something about that that it almost didn't feel real that I was there. It was just, I've never been to a track that big. I've never seen that type of racing in person. It just really seemed like the epicenter of NASCAR. I know a lot of people consider that to be Daytona or Charlotte, but it just seemed like it just seemed larger than life. It was a spectacle for sure. Yeah. Oh man. I I feel like we could have a two hour long podcast and I would just be content listening to you tell me all about <laughs> your day. But um yeah, hit hit me with some highlights, man. I I wanna I wanna hear not so much about the race. I wanna hear more about Talladega. First of all I'm, I was coming from Ohio, so it was an 11-hour drive, so it was a trek, man. I mean, that's that's a journey, uh, and the the drive felt every bit of 11 hours. Uh, obviously, like I said last week, I went down with my aunt and my uncle and my dad. I bought them all tickets for Christmas to go check out this race at Talladega, and about the day before we left for the race, we went down on Saturday. We were kind of bummed because we are checking out the weather forecast, and it was looking pretty pretty like gloom and doom you know what i mean like like my dad mm-hmm. called me the night before we left and he's like so what's the what's the weather look like and i just kind of like well i'm like and he's like oh, that doesn't sound good and i'm like well that's because it's not good uh, to be honest with you it rained the entire way down from ohio all the way to alabama i mean i mean it was non-stop it was actually ridiculous i, I mean th- there was a band of raining of rain going across the entire country from Ohio straight down through Kentucky, Tennessee, a little bit of Georgia that we were in, and into Alabama. I mean, it was nonstop, so it was a pretty depressing drive down. And then the whole time, I'm like every couple hours checking the weather forecast for Talladega the next day, and it just doesn't look good. I mean, you're seeing things like 60 to 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms. So we were wondering if we were even going to see the race on Sunday to begin with. So we get down there and we stayed about probably half an hour away from the racetrack. And so on Sunday morning, we got up and headed to the race and there I've never seen in my entire life more churches in a 20 mile span than I saw from our hotel to the racetrack. I mean, it was everywhere you look on the left and the right. There's a church. There's a church. There's a church. I mean, it was truly like the definition of the Southern Bible Belt heading to Talladega. Yeah, and then, of course, you get to the track, and it's just absolutely in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Talladega is on the edge of Talladega National Forest. So I've said this to so many people, but it's not like football teams, like football stadiums or baseball stadiums, where they're in the heart of major cities. I mean, NASCAR tracks were built before NASCAR was a major sport, and a lot of people just built them where there was space to build them, which wasn't in cities. I mean, so many tracks are just absolutely in the middle of nowhere and Talladega absolutely fits that mold it's I mean it was just it was like you somebody just plopped a track in the middle of the wilderness I mean you could the scenery around it was beautiful I mean there were hills and valleys and just open forests and I mean it was really cool but uh so we get to the track and there's just like so many people there and even though there was a threat of rain coming you could tell people were still excited there were people tailgating uh, drinking beer, playing cornhole, grilling out, just a ton of big trucks, American flags, and yes, of course, some Confederate flags as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was so optimistic. Anytime you brought up rain when you were talking to somebody, they're like, don't even say that. 
Those are those are those are curse words. Those are fighting words around here. <laughs> Don't even say it's going to rain. You know, it was just like this event was larger than life and it couldn't be postponed by rain. So, yeah. um, so I bought pit passes. I'd never done the pit pass experience before. So we uh, walked down pit road at Talladega, which was absolutely insane. I mean, we're just no more than a couple feet away from the cars lined up on the starting grid. Uh, we didn't see any drivers. We didn't really try though. We were just kind of on the track to get the experience. A lot of the crews were out there at their pit boxes. Did, um, did you ask any of them if they want to be on the podcast? <laughs> I didn't ask any of them, but my my aunt actually asked one of Dale Jr.'s crew members for a lug nut, so he gave my aunt one of Dale Jr.'s tire lug nuts. Oh, yeah. All right. Might have been why he spun out, actually. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, we found, <laughs> we found the culprit. We yeah, well, I looked at uh, I looked at my aunt, and I'm like, well, I hope he didn't need that lug nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so, I mean, so it was sweet. And the whole time, we're just not knowing if we're going to get this race in. So we finally get to our seats right around noon, which is pretty much when the race started, because Talladega isn't Eastern time. It's an hour behind like, what we're usually in. And... uh I'm t- I'm not even kidding, man. As they were doing the pace laps before the race, I don't know if you guys saw this on TV, but right to the right of the track, so right out of turns one and two, I mean, it was pouring down rain. Like, it was absolutely, you couldn't even see too far past turns one and two because there was just this huge cloud of rain moving through, but really? it missed the track. Oh, yeah, like, we thought for sure that was going to be it. We thought there'd be something coming from behind us because we were in the trioval turn. And uh, it didn't, it just by complete, if had that rain shower hit the track, I mean, that would have been an hour and a half delay. And at that point there wouldn't have been a full race because right after the race, it started, this is another thing a lot of people probably don't know. It started pouring down rain no more than five to 10 minutes after Brad Kozlowski really? won that race. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Fortunate to get it in, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so yeah, I'm I'm interested to to hear more of your take though. What did what did you yeah. think? Well, that all makes sense. I mean, the, they were just every driver was driving like their hair was on fire because you know we had to we had to make it to halfway and then the, the entire race. You know, it's just the thought of oh boy, well when when's this race going to get called because it's coming. The rain is coming, and you heard everyone checking their radars and. There were scattered storms everywhere, and then there's a big wall of storms eventually coming. So everyone just knew it was a matter of time until, you know, the the race was basically going to get called, and that's why, I, that's why we saw guys, people racing with a lot of urgency out there. Yes, you are one hundred percent right, and a lot of people have a lot of different theories on why that race was so exciting and why there were so many crashes. And in all honesty, it really comes down to one thing. And it's just the fact that people didn't know when that race was going to end. If they make it to halfway, NASCAR says, okay, that's an official race. If it rains after halfway and we can't get going again, we don't come back to finish the rest of the laps. We consider that official. So whoever's winning at the time wins this race. Um, halfway at Talladega is 94 laps. 
It's not a lot of laps. So a lot of time at restrictor plate racing, while we see great racing, we see long stretches of time in the middle or at the beginning where the cars will get single file and they'll just kind of cruise. They'll just kind of yeah. tick off laps because they don't, they know they don't need to be first. And it doesn't matter if you're last at that point because the cars run in this huge pack. So there's really usually no urgency, but the threat of rain, man, it had everybody up on their wheels just fighting and clawing for every spot to get to the front. I mean, I'm talking two and three wide the whole race and it was insane. I mean, I don't, I can't remember the last time we've seen something like that, but when there's a threat of rain, that is truly the only thing that creates good racing every time, no matter what track you're at, because every driver is driving like their cars on fire. You know, Mm -hmm. they're just trying to get to the front as fast as possible. So I don't know what that says. If, you know, if that says that most times drivers aren't driving as hard as they could be, I mean, that's a thing, Yeah, could be. but I don't know. I just know that that threat of rain produced some of the best racing we've seen all year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said. Now, uh, it was a spectacle to watch, man. I, I, and sitting at home and seeing the laps count off and saying, okay, when's he going to come and just watching the, them claw for Every position on the track from the moment the green flag dropped till the moment the checkered flag came because no one knew when that race was going to be over. It was cool. We haven't seen that in a really long time. It was really cool. Yeah, so Brad Kozlowski gets his second victory of the year, his fourth career victory at Talladega. It's actually the site of his very first win all the way back in 2009. Uh, Honestly, he... I think he probably deserved to win the race more than anybody. He Uh led the most laps. He led 46. Um, He stayed out of trouble all day long. I'm sure you saw this fact, this stat that 35 out of the 40 cars got damaged from, from one of the many wrecks that happened at Talladega. That's insane. Only five cars escaped that race damage free. I mean, what? Like that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There. Oh my goodness. It, Cars were just limping to the finish line. Duct tape everywhere. It was it was something to see, man. See all those cars just completely banged up. Oh man! And did you it... see Austin Dillon's car? He finished third. Did you see the front of that car? Yeah, man. He persevered. Oh my gosh. He persevered. Yeah. He came back. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was that was crazy. So yeah, and to go back to what you were saying about. Uh, Brad Keselowski, and it's not just him that has it figured out at Talladega. It's Penske as a whole. Um, Penske's won the last um, three out of four races at Talladega, so they've got something figured out there. That's a good um, point. As well. Some other guys we saw, uh, speaking of banged up cars, Amelia, she's done. She's gone, man. She's, she's gone. gone. You think, can't, you can't talk time. about... Yeah, you can't talk about Talladega without talking about Dale Jr., so we might as well just get that over with right now. Um, Listen, man, to me, and I'll openly admit, even though I try to be as unbiased as possible, I've been a lifelong Dale Jr. fan, I I looked at Talladega a lot like a business trip. I've been to 22 races, I believe now, 23 races, something like that. And I've never seen Dale Jr. win. And I thought, well, my best chance is going to be at Talladega. Let's let's commit to this huge excursion, this huge trip, go down, see him win, 
cross it off my list and, and, and get the hell out. You know what I mean? Just say that I did it. Say that I saw him win a race in person. Um, and I was nervous. I, like the whole week leading up to Talladega, like a lot of time the week leading up to a NASCAR race, you get really excited. I was really nervous because I knew that like he's the best driver here. He's supposed to win. This is his best track. He's won six times here. He finished first and second last year by inches. So I'm really thinking like this is it. He can do this. I was just nervous that the worst might happen. And ultimately the worst did happen. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just like, you just don't expect it out of him. I mean, everything looked like it was going to go so well. He practiced well, he qualified well. I mean, he qualified third and was running second early on for like the first five or 10 laps right behind his teammate. And I guess I kind of looked into this after the race that on that first run, Dale said they missed the setup somehow. They kind of figured out what wrong, what went wrong, but the car was really tight, which means he just couldn't turn in the corners as well as he wanted to. So he couldn't run the low line. He could only run the high line because that front splitter on the front of the car kept digging into the racetrack. It kept bouncing off of it and kind of dragging across it. And so he couldn't turn. So on the first pit stop, they tried to fix that by loosening up the rear of the car, well, they succeeded in loosening the rear of the car, but they didn't. It, that didn't fix the problem of the splitter digging into the racetrack. So ultimately, that's what caused him to spin out. Mm-hmm. And he said that is actually the very same reason he spun out during the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. They because the splitter was digging into the front of the track and the rear of the car was too loose. So they kind of just duplicated the same pro- problem. And that that setup, that combination of the splitter digging and the rear being too loose, is I guess a perfect storm for a spin out and he spun out right in front of the entire field i know it was sad to watch from home man and he he was out there trying everything he could he even took his steering wheel off trying to drive that car it just wouldn't go it wouldn't go (laughs) yeah um yeah when when they came when he wrecked he was on the back stretch so that was pretty far away from where all the fans were and i just heard them come over the speakers saying trouble coming out of turn two it's earnhardt and it was just such a deflating feeling because, you know, if there's a, I couldn't see necessarily what happened all the way back there, but you know, when you wreck at Talladega, it's usually not good, especially when you're in the middle of the pack. So it was kind of a really deflating feeling. Like I was bummed. Um, obviously my family was bummed. I bet everyone there was uh, bummed. That's like junior. Yeah. A lot track, of the fans basically. were, you could, yeah. Yeah. But then I kind of thought like, Hey, I'm at Talladega. This is an experience this racing has been great i'm going to i'm going to sit here and i'm going to enjoy the hell out of this race because that's what's that's what you're supposed to do as a spectator here so i just decided like well my dad's here and he's a huge matt kenseth fan and so i'm like i'll you know i hope matt kenseth wins so my dad can at least see uh matt kenseth win in person and it looked like he was going to for a while matt kenseth led uh 39 laps so only seven that's second only to brad kozlowski who led 46 and he led a lot throughout the day and was really never out of the top five and then uh and then all hell broke loose (laughs) uh that's the story of his season man all hell broke loose that that's the title the title of matt kenza's season yeah i was actually nervous when i saw his car flip up into the air like that that yellow car and i saw it tilt over and smash into the wall and rot, like rim ride the wall. I was actually pretty nervous that like that was not going to be good for him. And I was pretty relieved to see him 
get out of the car because that's a scary wreck anytime you see cars go over. Oh, and yeah. we saw three cars, three cars get airborne yeah. on Sunday. I thought, truthfully, when I saw that on TV, I thought his car was going in over the fence into the infield. Like the way it lifted up off the track, whoo. I, that, yeah. I, that's seriously, I thought he was about to cause a lot of damage in the infield. But yeah, let's talk about these wrecks a little bit. Um, what are what are your thoughts here? Because we've it's Wednesday now, so we've kind of had a little chance to assess the aftermath of the situation and and hear a lot of different opinions about these wrecks. What what do you think? So, uh, this is a really complicated and touchy subject because obviously everybody's for driver safety. Nobody wants to see the drivers get hurt, but there's been a huge clamoring after this race and all the wrecks that happened and, and all the cars that got airborne that NASCAR needs to do something to stop this, to, to stop these wrecks from happening, to change the style of racing. And truthfully, we haven't heard it coming from the drivers. I feel like as much as we've heard it coming from the media right. and that's sort of what I have an issue with. The media doesn't drive the cars. They're not racers. They don't know what it's like. And their job is to report on the racing and provide their insight. And that's what they're doing. And I know at the end of the day, they're just interested in the well-being of all the drivers. And a lot of the media members have said that they get nervous when they go to Talladega because they don't want to have to write about somebody dying. Tom, if you could have seen the the look on Daryl Waltrip's face during that race, you could tell how stressed out he was. He would, oh man, you could just visibly see it on him. He is sweating, nervous, like, oh yeah, it's visible, but go on. Huh, that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. So here's the thing. I don't think they should do anything. And I know that not everybody's going to agree with that, but that race just produced the most exciting racing that we'll probably see all year long. Pack racing is dangerous, but racing is dangerous. And NASCAR's more safe now than it's ever been the safety enhancement to the cars to the walls to just to the racetrack to to the procedures that happen after a wreck it's all as good as it's ever been and it will continue to get better but i don't think some of the ideas that i've heard like slow the cars down 30 to 50 miles per hour or or change daytona and talladega into like road courses or lower the banking on talladega i don't think those are i don't think those are the solutions because these are the marquee races they attract the the biggest viewership the the stands were damn near full i don't know if you noticed that oh, I was but ask you the that. stands at, the stand yeah, the stands at half the races this year seem like they've been half full but i mean the crowd turnout was amazing i mean it's it's just thrilling enticing racing that people want to see so i i have to disagree i don't i i, I think dale jr said it best he said in an interview afterwards that People need to quit having knee-jerk reactions to everything. And that's so true. Like, don't have a knee-jerk reaction just because there was one Talladega race with a lot more wrecks than than any other. You know, nobody got hurt. Everybody's fine. People say there needs to be changes, but nobody has an answer for what those changes are. And Dale said he's worried that if they make changes based on computer simulations and computer models, it's going to produce terrible racing effects that that they don't want to happen, just like what happened at the Brickyard last year. At the Brickyard last year, NASCAR wanted to add this huge spoiler because they thought it would create slingshot racing at the Brickyard, and the drivers were all super skeptical. They're like, no, no, that's not that's not going to happen. Uh, we don't think so, but we hope it does. You know, We'll try it out. 
and the Brickyard ended up probably being one of the most boring races of all time. Mm. So listen to your drivers. Right, right. And there, there's just a few things I want to say about that. And I, I've listened to, read so many articles, listened to so many different um, reports talk about the safety of NASCAR. NASCAR right now is safer than it's ever been, and it's awesome. It's hats off. This race at Talladega is hats off to NASCAR. It, because 10, 20 years ago, those, a couple of those wrecks, drivers might not be here today. And I want to make another another point in the fact that there's a distinction between racing fans and thrill-seeking fans. And I'll say right. what initially was appealing for me to the sport was going to races and seeing wrecks like that and saying, oh, that was awesome. Yep. That was awesome. That's yep. what gets you into it. But racing fans, if you're a racing fan, you could watch a race that has no cautions, no wrecks, and you could be so satisfied with the product on the track and walk away happy because you care about just the product. But then there's right. those thrill-seeking fans that want to see the wrecks. And, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's not – I think if you're a true NASCAR fan, that's not what it's about. But we saw such good racing, not because there were wrecks, but because everyone wanted to race. Everyone was motivated to race. And – I, I think, and you quoted Dale, I think um, our winner, uh, Brad, had a really good quote after the race, and he, and he just kind of said what we all know, and that racing has always been that balance between of daredevils and chess players. Um, and also, uh, Ryan McGee had an article on ESPN, which if, if you haven't read it, um, our listeners, you should go on and listen to it. He says, and it kind of just echoes what you just said, the allure of plate racing doesn't exist in the crashes. It exists in the constant risk of those crashes. And that's what made that, yeah. and that's what makes it so fun to watch. You know? Yeah. Well, okay. You're absolutely right. I mean, 100%. The wrecks are not what made that race great for me. I don't care about that. The The racing and the threat of weather that made everybody get up on those wheels is what made it great for me. And Ryan McGee is 100% right because it's terrifying to be there. I was nervous from the drop of the green flag. When Dale was running second, I thought, okay, good. He's not going to get into an accident up here. But when he fell back to the middle of the pack, you're just biting your nails every lap because you know something could happen literally any second of any lap could happen in front of him or beside him that could just completely wipe him out that has nothing to do with him. That's not his fault. So it's terrifying. It is. I, I Dude, it is terrifying to watch a race there because you're just – everybody's on edge. Like you don't know when something's going to break loose and you know it's going to happen and you don't know when. And you can just feel it. You can just feel that in the fans. You can feel it just watching the, the driver's race. Like it's just present. It's there and it's – it's palpable, but it just produces must-see racing, and that's what's ultimately important. Yeah, man, that was a that was an awesome race. It was it was really good to watch, and not because of the wrecks, but because we just saw some of the best racing we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I just want to add one thing to that. It's a quote by the late great Dale Earnhardt. All right, are you are you ready I'm for excited. this? Yes. He once said, if you're not a race driver, stay the hell home. 
Don't come here and grumble about going too fast. Get the hell out of the race car if you've got feathers on your legs or butt. Put a kerosene rag around your ankles so the ants won't climb up and eat that candy ass. Yeah. Yeah. That is just absolutely fantastic. Love that. So what he's saying, what he's saying is if you are not a driver, don't tell drivers how things should be. You know, you don't know what it's like to be a racer. You haven't done it. You don't know how they feel. They know what they're doing. They are in control and they, they understand the risk. They all know what it is to put, put on that, that helmet and strap in those belts at Talladega and Daytona. You know what I mean? So what Earnhardt's essentially saying is if you don't have the balls to do it, don't race, but don't tell us how it should be. We're the ones who say how it should be. Yeah. I like that point you're making. I like it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a great quote. That's a great <laughs> quote. Um, and what you're saying there, that quote is, it just makes me think of something that kind of bothered me after the race. And I don't want to go off on some rant and carry on, but what Kyle Bush said after the race bothered me. And I, we, I want NASCAR drivers to be let him say whatever he wants to say. You can have your own opinion, that's fine. But to say, I'd much rather sit at home. This is a direct quote I gotta win, I don't need to be here. That's fine. You feel that way, you're more than welcome to do that. But part of being a champion in any sport, it's not just NASCAR, any sport, part of being a champion is about being an ambassador for the sport as well. And when you come out and say things like that after the race, I know you're heated and you're allowed to feel that way. That's totally fine. But just think about what you're saying. You know, I and listening to that Dale Earnhardt quote, I wasn't going to say that. I cut that out of my notes. I wasn't going to go off on this, this <laughs> tangent. But it bothers me because you hear guys like that and it's like, yeah, come on. Let's uh, strap some kerosene rags around your ankles so they don't crawl up and bite your candy ass but look at austin <laughs> dylan man come on like that guy was yeah. in the fence at daytona a year a year and a few months ago and he's out there he was loving life if you saw his post-race interview he was pumped and he talked about clawing and fighting back and the resiliency of his team because you saw it all torn to shreds at the end of the race but he was out there he loved it and i get it kyle bush has has a win but come on don't don't give me that stuff and here here's the thing your outlook and your post-race comments always differ greatly based on if you're standing in victory lane or if you have a wrecked wrecked race car or if you didn't win you know what i mean it's funny how that works um there was a great interview with tony stewart post talladega 2012 where he was just being so sarcastic the entire time essentially people were asking him about the race and he was just saying um you know honestly i don't think we wrecked enough race cars out there today i don't i don't think we met the quota i think what we should do is actually go out there and race another 500 miles to make sure that we wreck more race cars and give the fans the show that they want he's like actually he's like i don't think i wrecked my own race car enough today i think i think i'm just really not satisfied with the amount of times that i wrecked today and it was really funny cuz like some reporters weren't picking up on the sarcasm and kept asking him more questions about it and he's like yeah he's like to be, to be completely honest with you 
idea. I think we should go out there, run a little more, then split the field in half, have half the field race the normal way, have the other half the field turn around and race backwards and just see what happens. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it just it goes back and forth. When you win and you're in victory lane, you're happy and you're right. pumped. And when you lose, you know, if you're a sore loser, then you're going to act like yeah. that. It's just the way it is. Yeah, so. I hear you. Uh, and uh, truthfully, I'm glad that Kyle Bush didn't win because my aunt would probably be in jail right now. Because she told me on the drive. She she told me on the drive down to Talladega that if Kyle Bush wins that race, she is going to climb over the fence and stab him with a plastic fork. Oh lord! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She wow. really. She. My aunt really doesn't. She doesn't like Kyle Bush. She actually. And I, this is not a joke. She had a Toyota car, and she had to get rid of her car because she hated <laughs> Kyle Busch so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is passion. Take it notes, is. you NASCAR fans, you <laughs> you fair weather fans. Are, are, are you willing to climb the fence and stab a driver you hate? Are you willing <laughs> to sell your car because the driver you hate is driving that brand? Oh, oh man. Take notes. Ridiculous, right? Well, uh, anything else you want to say about Talladega? Are we looking ahead to ahead to Kansas? Honestly, just that Talladega was an awesome experience, and I would recommend anybody go there. It's not it's not one of those races like the typical mile and a half cookie cutter racetracks like we're going to this weekend at Kansas. It is it is a beast, man, and it is it's just something else. So I, I'm definitely going back. I have to, you can't, after going to that, I would actually like to go longer and check out the whole camping experience and and go down there and be there for the whole day on Saturday and just check out the Xfinity series race and then stay for the, the sprint cup race the next day. I mean, it was just, the whole thing was great, but I'm penciling in right now for 2017. (laughs) Right on. Um, so we have the winners this year. Jimmy Johnson's won two races. Kyle Busch has won two races. Carl Edwards has won two races. Brad Keselowski has won two races. And Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick each have won. So through the first, what is that, 10 races, we have six different winners. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right, buddy. Well, who, uh, who do you got at Kansas this week? I... I, I'm going with a pick that has proved us wrong many times this season. I'm going with Matt Kenseth. Um, it, it, did you, I'm sure you saw the him and Joey Logano having a nice uh, talk after the race. Yeah, yeah, their whole thing still is just still you going know, on. I, they, after they actually, I was watching uh, the NASCAR race hub on, I think it's on FS1. Um watch yesterday and you know they actually didn't say anything that was near as serious as what it looked um uh matt kenseth said you and i are going well this is paraphrasing uh you and i are going to learn to drive around a track together without creating problems for each other and joey logano said we could have rode to the front together if you'd learned to work with me and uh I, i thought that was pretty pretty interesting because i thought it was more like I'm going to beat the living you-know-what out of you um, when we go back to Kansas. Um, that's pretty much what I got with it. But I'm thinking I'm thinking Matt Kenseth is going to come out on top this week. Yeah, they have to learn to be civil around each other, and they will, but they're never going to like each other. They just they won't. I mean, you, 
I don't care if they learn it. They can be. They could start punching after each race. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, for for the sake of their their careers, they're gonna have to well, learn yeah. to be able to race with each other. But right. they they never will like each other. NASCAR drivers don't forget, and Kenseth will never forget what happened and how his championship hopes were ruined. And Joey Logano will never forget how his were ruined as well. So they they kind of did that to themselves last year. But um, who you got? Uh, I'm going with Kevin Harvick. I think he's gonna get win number two this year. Gonna okay. go to Kansas and take the checker flag. So I like that. That's who I got. All right, buddy. Well, that that was a hell of a podcast, and it was one hell of a race. So much anticipated. Good man. I'm glad you had a great time, and uh, I'm looking forward to more exciting NASCAR racing. Man, we picked the perfect year to start this podcast. Great, yeah, great racing. Great racing. Yeah, we I'm did. Excited. We did. What uh, What's our next uh, our next race? We're going to Charlotte here in a few weeks, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. You and me. We uh, two weeks, I believe. Is it two weeks? No, well, it's three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's well, Memorial no, Day weekend. All star race, but yeah, that's gonna be be a great time. Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I'll go. We'll have a full weekend of bro time and drink some beers and watch some NASCAR racing. That's right. We might even head over to Bowman Gray. <laughs> oh, I would love to. <laughs> I got. I got to check that out. Oh yeah, like five <laughs> minutes from my house. We'll definitely go. All right, buddy. Let's send them off here. Bye, everybody. See ya.